You might be thinking that trial you're going through right now is working against you, but Pastor Ed Taylor says it's actually working for you if you're a believer. Oh, we're going to suffer, yes, to different and varying degrees, but for sure we're going to suffer. Some folks experience more than others, but we all face them. Our Savior faced them. Believers before us faced them. But the truth is, is that trials and tough times work for us, believers, not against us. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You Augustine is credited as saying, trust the past to God's mercy, the present to God's love, and the future to God's providence. Of course, only God can do this, and He does, as we'll be reminded today on Abounding Grace. As we continue verse by verse through the book of Romans, we come to a very familiar verse, Romans 8, verse 28. We'll learn that God rules and overrules. The implications, while at first may sound frightening, are very reassuring. You see, as believers, we are in the hands of God, who in His providence works all things together for good. To learn more about this remarkable truth, let's join Pastor Ed Taylor as he introduces this very famous verse. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. Romans chapter 8, verse 28 is meant to be a comfort and an encouragement to you, Christians. It's meant to be a comfort and an encouragement to us. Romans chapter 8, verse 28 is like a soft pillow to rest a weary head going through things, ups and downs in this life. It's a verse that reminds us that, yes, God is at work. Yes. Yes, God cares for you. Yes, God is in control. Yes, God, He is still on the throne. And yes, God is using this situation somehow. He is. Yes, God, He loves you dearly and has not turned His back on you. Because we know that all things are working together for good to those who love God. For those that are called according to his purpose. Now I know in the midst of a serious trial, in the midst of a sorrow and a sadness, this verse may not be that much of a comfort to you. You might have heard this verse 50 times from 50 different people as they come to you trying to minister to you. And you go, you know, you just don't understand what I'm going through, so why would you quote that verse to me? And you just don't know how I'm feeling. If you only knew, you wouldn't just throw that verse out. If you only knew what I was going through, the pain is so intense, the sorrow so deep, the fears so real. Sure, at times like that, a verse like Romans 8.28 can seem a little shallow, even as a cliche. But listen, friends, it's because the pain is so intense, because we see it on your face, because we watch you, because we're seeing what it's doing to you. 
And it's because we don't know how it feels. We haven't been there. That we search as Christians through the Word looking for encouragement for you. We're looking for that place that will give you the Word to build a foundation under you so your life is not rocked through this. And we grasp at every verse that seems, and we almost always seem to fall in Romans 8.28 because it is intended to be a comfort and an encouragement to us as we watch you go through the pain as we see it on your face, as we hear it in your voice, we reach out for those pillars of truth to help you. And Romans 8.28 is one of those pillars that keeps us strong when everything else around us is going crazy. Not everything goes our way, Christian. Not everything happens the way we would want it to happen. Not everything goes according to plan. Not everything in life is welcomed. Not everything in life is wanted. The world we live in, our lives that we live in this world is full, are full of sorrows and difficulties. Well, we as Christians, we know and we have learned we are not immune to the difficulties of life that everyone goes through. We go through them too. Oh, it was in verse 18, wasn't it, in chapter 8 that we learned That Paul says, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed. The sufferings that we face here in this tent, in this body, in this shell, in this carcass, in this world, oh, we're going to suffer, yes. To different and varying degrees, but for sure we're going to suffer. Some folks experience more than others, but we all face them. Our Savior faced them. Believers before us faced them. Believers in our contemporary time, our friends, our family, they all face difficulties. I ask you to open to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 because we have great encouraging words here. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 is just a few pages over to the right. If you came to church without a Bible this morning, we have Bibles available for you in the chairs in front of you. And I'd encourage you, if you don't currently own a Bible, take that Bible as our gift to you. You need a Bible. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 I draw your attention to verse 16. Paul is writing from experience. And he says, therefore, we do not lose heart. Why would he say such a thing? Well, because difficulties can cause us to lose heart. Tough times can cause us just to throw in the towel and give up and quit. Forget about this. There's always that subtle lie that comes and sneaks up on us and says, you know, look at the difficulties I'm facing now as a believer and I don't seem to have anything different than when I was in the world. So I think I'll just go back into the world. Bad decision. The world in which we live, the society in which we live has nothing for us. Nothing. Zero. No, we don't lose heart, Paul says. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. And then he says in verse 17, our light affliction... What a perspective to have. It's just a light affliction. This is a guy that's been stoned and whipped and imprisoned. This is a guy that spent most of his time in prison, most of his time people coming against him, friends came against him, enemies came against him. But he says it's a light affliction. With everything that's going on, it's just our light affliction. It's just for a moment, he says. And then I want you to mark these four words. Is working for us. Aren't you glad it doesn't say that all these light afflictions are working against us? It feels that way at times. But the truth is, is that trials and tough times work for us 
believers, not against us. And they're working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And these things are working for us, not against us. You go, wait a minute, how, how, how do they work for me? I just don't see it. How is that possible? Because what I'm going through right now, I, I don't see it. I, I, don't, I, don't, I can't ever see that working for me. I mean, if I was to chart out my life, I certainly wouldn't have chosen this path. I wouldn't have chosen this pain. I mean, I would have included a few pains in my life, but not this one. And not now. Oh, no way. But they do work for us because God is in control. This is a promise not to everyone. This isn't a general promise, Romans 8.28. It's not a promise that goes out to every single person living on the planet Earth. It's a promise for believers only. This isn't for everyone. They just can't grasp in tough times, grab the Bible out and say, well, I hate God, I don't live for God, I don't care about God, but when tough times come, I'm going to run to Romans 8.28 because I know God is working. No, no, no. It's not a promise for those that don't love God. It's a promise for those that do love God and that are called, that are saved, that are living in His purpose, that live understanding that God has a plan and He's working it out. And so just understanding that divides the room in half today. There's a dividing line today. It's not down the middle. It's scattered throughout the room. The line that divides us this morning is between believer and unbeliever. So for believers here today, this is a promise that we can take home, we can use as a pillow, we can cling to and hold to. For the unbeliever, well, there doesn't seem to be any purpose to the things that happen in your life, does there? You just chalk it up to fate, to all the junk, all the abuse you've gone through in your life. The way you were treated as a child. The things that have happened at work and how you go from job to job and the difficulties with that neighbor and the fact that your wife has left you and all the things that are happening. You just look at it and you go, you know, it's a cruel, wicked world and this is what fate has drawn me and the cards that I have. And all you see, you look back and you say, it's just a bunch of junk. I can't see any worth in it and I hate life. That's a horrible place to be. Because apart from Jesus Christ, you see no plan, no purpose. But for those of you that are believers, well, you understand. You understand that God is at work. Maybe you heard about the lost dog. His owner ran a newspaper ad and went this way. Missing brown dog with three legs, blind in one eye, deaf in one ear, broken tail. Answers to the name Lucky. (laughs) That poor dog. None of those things mean anything to that poor puppy. And you might feel that way at times. Yeah, I'm kind of limping along. I got this situation over here, and I got that situation over here, and I don't clearly see this, and I don't clearly see that, but the believer can run back to Romans 8.28, and you can say, I know. I know that all things are working together. We're reminded of God's promises to us. His promise to you and me is that he's working together for good everything that comes into our lives. God is at work. The goal, verse 29, he says, For whom he foreknow, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. He's fashioning and molding us into the image of Jesus Christ through the power of his Spirit living in us. We're becoming more and more like Jesus in our life. 
closer and closer to him. Do you know it doesn't mean, Romans 8.28, that all things are working together for our comfort. Although I think we'd like that. So everything's going to work together and it's all going to be very, very comfortable. No. It doesn't mean that everything's working together for our ease, to make things easier for us. No. Romans 8.28 isn't saying that God is working everything out together for our continual happiness. So that things won't touch us. Nor does it mean, really, that all things are good. There's a lot of ugly things that happen in our lives. That we wouldn't categorize as good at all. But all things are working together for good. And that's the promise of Jesus aimed straight at our hearts and our minds. All things are working together. Oh, not a blanket promise. But see, you could walk into a place like this not having a relationship with Jesus Christ. Not understanding God's great love for you. That there is this tremendous gap between the God of all creation, the creator of heaven and earth, the creator of your life. The Bible says you and I were created in the image of God. There's this big gap between man and God that we have all faced at one time or another. This distance. You you know what it's like. You feel it. You understand it. It's not that you have anything against God. No, here you are in a church today. Listening in, tuning in to the radio. Clicking through and watching on the, on the internet. So it's not that I'm against God, Pastor. But there are things in my life that I don't want to give up. There are places in my life I still want to go. And someone has taught you that in a place where you might have misunderstood where you think that surrendering your life to Jesus Christ is actually losing. But rather it's gaining. You'll gain new thoughts, new desires. You'll gain new direction. One of the gifts of becoming a Christian, I mean, in just a few moments, you'll have an opportunity to turn from sin, because that's the problem. Our sin has separated us from God, but then to turn to God through His Son, Jesus Christ, to receive the forgiveness of sins, you'll have that opportunity. One of the gifts you get right away is Romans 8.28. Just delivered right to you. It's a promise you can hold on to. But that's a very, very small promise in light of what you really get, and that's eternal life. The forgiveness of sin. The removal of condemnation. Purpose in life. Direction. You begin to see things clearly now. A Bible that has once been, seems so empty to you, becomes alive, and you begin to learn what God has to say for your life, and you understand it. Things in our lives, believers, work for us, not against us. And not everything is good. Not everything's good. No way. No, a lot of things in life are very bitter, very sour, very ugly, very hurtful. Some things happen in an instant, in a moment, but the consequence carry on for a long time. That's not good. It's ugly. And yet, for the believer, for you and I, all these things work together. All of them are working together by God's great power to come out for our good and His glory. Because God has a plan. When Marie and I got married, we got a lot of gifts. I had to go down to the basement to search for this one, but it is our handy-dandy Better Homes and Gardens new cookbook. 
Great place for it in the basement, but I found it, dug it out from a box. And in his cookbook, there are all sorts of cool stuff. There are dinner recipes, appetizer recipes, lunch recipes, and then there's dessert. You can turn to the cookie section. You can turn to the pie section. I mean, you could turn to the candy section. Those are the best sections, by the way, all throughout here. But I turned to page 84 of one of the sections in the cake section, and I came to the lemon sponge cake. Sounds tasty. But in order to get to the lemon sponge cake, there's going to be some work involved. Got to get all the little cups and all the little teaspoons and all the ingredients. And you have to put them together in measured quantities, right? You just can't throw it all together in a, in a big bowl and say, poof, there's a cake. It takes time. It takes effort. It takes direction. There's a recipe involved. And in that recipe, there are specific instructions, men. Because we don't like, you know, we watched the Food Channel one night. We don't need instructions anymore, man. I saw Emerald do it. Bam! You know, that's all you need. But for the lemon sponge cake, it says that I'm going to need six egg yolks. How do you separate them? I don't get it, but you just kind of hold them and I don't know. But six egg yolks, a tablespoon of finely shredded orange peel. How do you shred it? I don't know. Half a cup of orange juice or pineapple juice. A teaspoon of vanilla. A cup of sugar. Uh, one and a quarter cups of all-purpose flour. Six egg whites. I guess that's what happens when you separate the yolks. A half a cup of sugar, you need a quarter cup of straight squeezed lemon juice, and then I don't get this at all, but you got to find somewhere, some, somebody has this, a half a teaspoon of cream of tartar. <laughs> what is that? Cream of tartar, doesn't even sound good, tartar. But you got to find some somewhere. And you got to lay it out, right? You got to have them all separate. You got to have your flour, you have your sugar, you have your lemon juice, your cream of tartar right over here, all set up. And then you're supposed to turn the oven on 325 degrees. And then there's specific instructions. Mix this first, add this over here, put it all together, put it in the mixer, put it in this thing, shove it in the oven and let it bake for a while. Sounds a lot like the Christian life, doesn't it? God has a recipe for your life. A plan, a purpose. And it involves a lot of pieces. A lot of measured quantities. There's a process involved. A purposeful direction to take. Many things that by themselves... Well, what would you like? Would you like to eat for dinner a one and a quarter cup of all-purpose flour? Just put it right in front of you. Here's a spoon. Eat the flour, okay, son? No, mom, no. It's dessert right here. It says right here, it's dessert. I don't want any flour. Okay. Then drink the cup of lemon juice straight. No, mom, I don't want to drink the lemon juice either. Well, here's a cup of sugar. Yeah, mom, I'll take that. You know, some things are sweet, some things are bitter. None of us want to chew on a stick of butter with a little salt involved. I mean, sometimes in our lives, God will allow things in our lives. Sometimes we even send things in our life that we don't even understand, right? 
Like, what is cream of tartar? What is that? I don't know what it is. I have no idea. I wouldn't even know where to find it. I'm just going to have to look. I don't even know. Is it in a big thing? Is it a tub like lard? Or is it a little thing like this? Is it five bucks? Is it five? I don't know. But isn't it true? There are things in your life where you're like, what is this? What is this? What is this? Why? Why is this needed? Can I get home without it? Do I have to have it? Is it just a teaspoon? Do I have to have a tablespoon? I mean, Lord, do I have to have a cup of this stuff? Why? And in and of themselves, a lot of these things don't taste good at all. But put together and mixed together with the right ingredients, the right measurements, the right heat, and the right time, God will allow in measured quantities some things that you and I don't like at times that you and I don't like them for extended periods of time that we would choose to have it shorter. But see, God has a plan that He's working out in your life and all the things that are in your life that God has both allowed and sent your way, He is working together for your good and His glory. You're listening to Pastor Ed Taylor on Abounding Grace. Stop by AboundingGraceRadio.com if you'd like a replay, or listen to Abounding Grace through our app. Search for Calvary Aurora and download that today. Pastor Ed, you likened Romans 8.28 to a soft pillow to rest a weary head. I like that. And maybe that's what someone listening right now needs. How has this verse helped you and Marie through some of the difficulties you faced? Well, yes, Larry, I do believe Romans 8.28 is a pillow uh, to lay our weary heads on at night. Uh, Personally, it's not always the best verse to share with someone in the midst of a trial because they're not ready to receive something like that. You know, you're going through great grief and you come, well, you know, God works all things together for the good. While that is theologically correct, it's not the most comforting verse in the midst of the trial. So when we share God's Word, we need to be careful with the timing of God as well. But I have to say, uh, my life has been filled with trauma and difficulty and challenges, and to know that God works all things together for the good, for those that love Him, to be reminded of His sovereignty, to be reminded that He is the author and finisher of my faith, to be reminded that... He saved me. He has a plan for my life, that he knew all of that before I was even born, to be reminded of God being able to put all the pieces, the good, the bad, the ugly pieces of my life together. Yes, I can rest. I I realize that, and, and listen, listen, friend, and I think I've got somebody's attention right now. Listen, it is very hard. And let me just acknowledge that in your life right now. It is very hard what you're facing overwhelmingly hard. And to hear an answer like this may not even be the right timing for you. You're just like, you know, Ed, you don't understand. I don't, I didn't turn the radio on for this, but you did. It's God's will for you to hear his love for you. And I don't know how things are going to work out. I'm not sure exactly how God is going to work things out, but he is for his good, for your good in his glory. And so let me just pray for you. Father, I pray for those struggling and hurting right now, listening, 
where Romans 8.28 is a great scripture. It's a great truth, reminding us of a great God. And I pray that it would go down deep into people's hearts right now in the challenges that they're facing. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Ed, for sharing that. And we also have a book we'd like to get into your hands that can help you become a man or woman that God uses. It was written by the late Pastor Chuck Smith. Pastor Chuck observed 14 characteristics found in many of the people God used in the past that we read about in the Scriptures. The cool thing is, if these characteristics are found in you, well, you'll become a person God uses too. Request a copy of The Man God Uses when you give a gift of $25 or more to Abounding Grace. We're here to serve you at 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-30-GRACE. And thank you for helping us get the word out on stations like this one. As you partner with us, it's thrilling to see how God uses it to bless and encourage so many lives through the radio. Another convenient way to make a donation is online at AboundingGraceRadio.com. We'll put a bookmark where we left off today in Romans and join us next time for Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor as there's so much more to come. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church Colorado here in Aurora.